Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shani Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it. Share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Hello, lovely, lovely podcast listeners, and welcome to this week's episode. Before I do anything else, I want to extend a very special hello to a listener of mine named Miri. Miri, I want to say get well soon. She will know why. And I want to also say thank you so much. Uh, Miri recently sent me a list of all of her Parisian travel notes because she's heard me talk about uh, going to Paris on the podcast so many times. Um, I want to say thank you for that. They allowed me to kind of just escape into a world of travel for a few minutes, uh, which is a really rare thing given that there is no travel being planned right now at all. And it even kind of just stings to see all of the Parisian bloggers and, and travel photographers that I follow on Instagram. But it was really nice to read those notes and to remember that um, someday in the future, I will be able to put them to good use. So thank you, Miri, so, so much. And um, I hope you're doing well. My guest on the podcast this week is Francesca Spector, and Francesca is the founder of a platform called Alonement. And in a lot of ways, Francesca is doing something similar to me. She is taking a word and a concept that has been societally fed to us as a negative, and she's turning it into a positive. She's having a much more broad and productive discussion around time spent alone, and I love her work. I um contacted her via Twitter. That's where I find all of my guests. If you've been listening to me, if you haven't, by the way, welcome to all of my new listeners. I meet all my guests on Twitter. <laughs> just kind of how things roll around here most of the time. Um, so I was connected to Francesca through Twitter and instantly wanted to speak with her because um, as you know, I really like things that are created specifically for people who are um, single and on their own or solo living, and um, there's not a lot of that. So I was really inspired to dig into her work, and I'm really gr um, grateful that she said yes to being on the podcast, and we have a great discussion for you this week. And I will also actually be a guest on her podcast as well, so I'll have that to share with you guys as soon as that's live. Um, but for now, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Um, as always, if you are not yet a member of the Facebook group, join us in there. It's such a supportive community, and I want to say thank you so much to everyone in the Facebook group and everybody who follows me on Instagram for all of your birthday wishes. It was the most overwhelming birthday in terms of like messages and calls and just such sweet, um, sweet things that people had to say. And I just felt incredibly loved um, all day long. It was just literally all day long. So many nice things were coming in my direction. And that was that was a delight. Um, so thank you for making my 38th birthday a really, really remarkable one, despite the fact that I spent it in quarantine. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, as always, if you have a second to leave a rating and a review for this podcast, that would make me incredibly happy. Um, also, if there's anybody in your life that you think could benefit from a broader and more positive discussion around being single, I would love it if you would share this podcast with them. Um, I also hope that um, you will get in touch with me via email if you have topics that you'd like me to discuss, if you have questions for me, um, if you have guests that you'd like me to interview, please feel free to email those to me at any time. My email is a single serving podcast at gmail.com. I write back to absolutely everyone, so please feel free to get in touch. I would love love, love to hear from you. And also, uh, before I start the episode, I want to say thank you to all of the Patreon patrons who are 
very literally the reason I get to keep doing this. Thank you so much for your support and for, um, for all of the positive things you have to say, all of the encouragement. And just by being my patron, I feel very encouraged by you and very supported by you. And I want you to know how special it is that you guys are supporting this work because it means a lot to me and I want to be able to do it forever. And you guys are how I get to do that. So thank you so much. Um, so now I will go ahead and start the episode with Francesca Spector. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. It's uh, it's pretty pretty muggy over here. Bit of a grey, typical London day, but otherwise pretty well. How are you? I'm well. I heard. Well, I've heard. I follow so many um, amazing women in London on Instagram that I've heard a lot recently about the heat and how it's been a little bit uh, sweltering to deal with over there. But it has been here as well. So I felt that we've had that in common over the last few weeks. But today is cloudy and gentle. And I'm very grateful for it because today is actually my birthday. So I'm glad I'm getting a break from the nonsense. Oh my gosh. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You are my like one activity that I planned for today. The rest of the day is just like wide open and relaxing and free, but I really, I love podcasting so much. So I feel really lucky I get to do it on my birthday. Well, I feel absolutely honored to be speaking to you on your birthday. And so what, so you have a chilled day ahead. Yes. Do you have any sort of non non plan plans any sort of solo plans you know what i no i think i was so protective of uh the current situation and my personal anxiety around potentially getting sick that i wanted to just stay home and not do anything today and like know that today i'm not coming into contact with any germs i think that's what i wanted to do i have like a um one zoom with a group of friends that um i don't know if you've experienced this but in the beginning of the pandemic, there were very frequent group Zooms. It happened all the time. It was very regular and I could count on it, but then they kind of tapered off into nothing and um, people have sort of scattered a bit. So I asked if we could have a a quick Zoom this evening for my birthday and some friends said yes. But other than that, it's just going to be me probably cooking a lot of really summery things that I happen to love. Um, And I'm like a lemon dessert person. I know not everyone likes lemon. Like chocolate tends to take most of the attention away from lemon, but I feel like lemon is is key when it comes to sweets. You know what? I'm with you. I need, I think I need some element of fruit in my dessert, whatever that is, even if that's paired with chocolate. So I like that. So you've got lemon dessert. And uh, what else is on the menu? I think I'm going to do a, like a summer caprese with like tomatoes and peaches and whatnot for dinner this evening. I think I have all of this really good fresh stuff in my house, which is keeping me feeling like it's a bit like normal life and not like pantry pandemic cuisine. I think is what's happening. Yeah. I ate an entire watermelon for breakfast this morning with a spoon because it makes its own bowl. It's like the perfect solo food. That has blown my mind. That is so true. I've had, I mean, I've had sort of, I've done like pineapple rice where you put it in the, um, in the pineapple but but yeah you're right it is it, it's a self-contained yeah fruit and bowl it's amazing i mean the mini watermelon is the single girl's ideal food like it's its own bowl it's one person serving it's absolutely fantastic i love it so much i like any kind of single serving vegetables like they sell these little baby cabbages at my grocery store and i'm like it's my size <laughs> so happy that I'm not wasting a cabbage the size of a basketball that really makes me happy this is great I you know what I think in the UK we're shortchanged when it comes to mini fruit and veg I've never seen a mini watermelon I don't think I've ever seen a mini cabbage I mean I'm just going to the supermarket and you know having to freeze things or waste things and I, I think this is this is the revolution are you so sick of wasting? That's that's one of the most annoying things for me about living totally alone is that I don't like waste. I really, really do not like waste. And so much is sold in family-sized proportions. And I think only in the last six months or so, we have a, a grocery chain here called Trader Joe's, and um, they were only selling shallots and garlic in multi-packages. You couldn't just buy one head of garlic to save your life. Like that wasn't allowed. And about six months ago, they released the garlic into single serving purchases. And I was like, yes, it's a victory. I Instagrammed it. I was so happy that I didn't have to waste shallots and garlic that I could not cook within the time span of their ripeness. If those things are ripe, I don't know what, before they rotted, that's what, that's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I think this this could be the revolution. I mean, you know, it's if they if they can get it down so that we're not wasting a ton of packaging and that they can do single servings of things, which they can because you know it could all be sold loose, then that would be fabulous. I think I yeah, I think but that I agree, it is one of my probably biggest qualms with living alone. You uh, or you or you do the thing where you end up eating the same meal for like three nights in a row, which, you know, life life is has got to revolve around food to some degree. And and that makes it a whole lot of boring, especially in the pandemic when really, you know, a lot of my day does revolve around cooking. Oh, I know. The secret to avoiding meal boredom, particularly if you do meal prep as a single person um, and you have to repeat, the secret is sauces. Varying sauces, either homemade and kept in jars or whatever kind of uh, like freshly made dressing or sauce that you can vary I do a lot of things in bowls. I do a lot of salads. I do a lot of like either uh, grain bowls or, or something like that. And I will always mix up whatever sauce or seasoning or topping or something that is gone. Like by day three, we need to mix it up. And that's, that's what's kept me not being bored and hopefully preventing waste. <laughs> well, God, I look forward to your spin-off food blog. Oh, you know what? I really want to do one. I do lots of food Instagrams, but I don't have a blog because there's so many, I mean, you know this, you're a content creator. Like there's only so much you can feasibly do that makes sense and won't drive you crazy. So I think we are, we are maxed out at my current writings and, <laughs> and podcastings, but I do, um, I, one of the things I am doing today for my birthday is I'm reading my new cookbook cover to cover, and it is a solo cookbook. It's written by someone who added to the front cover of her solo cooking book, the joy of cooking for yourself. Yeah. And so often solo cookbooks come across as so sad. And that was to see the word joy paired with cooking for one person really made me happy because this isn't like a consolation prize book. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is so true. And I speak to so many people where, you know, they say that that is you know, that's my sort of joyful thing to do alone. And, and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm one of those. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely to cook for other people or more, you know, it's, it's lovely to host other people, but there's something so meditative and creative about cooking for one. And you can sort of experiment. And, you know, for me personally, I think that um, more so than baking, when you have to be very measured, there is a real joy of sort of, of you know, of cooking and seeing how things turn out and you can't really go that wrong you know there's rarely the sort of downside of, of cooking because you know when you, when you realize that you've left the cake in the oven for too long cooking is just a joy from start to finish I completely agree I completely agree and that is a fabulous segue into you introducing yourself to this audience can you let everyone know who you are and and where you are and, and what you do yes of course so uh, my name is Francesca Spector I'm a journalist and podcaster uh, based here in London, UK. And I also host a platform called Alonement. And so Alonement is a word that I coined myself last year. And it was based on a New Year's resolution to learn to love spending time by myself. And I realized that, you know, there's, there's loneliness that that's a word people use when they describe the feeling of being alone there's sort of solitude which is a bit more neutral you know you can say it's a positive solitude or a negative solitude and but there's no word to describe just the joy of spending time alone which you know as we've alluded to with with the cooking and you know there's, there's so many things that are joyful to do alone so I decided I was going to fill the gap in the English language and create the word alonement. And alonement has turned into a podcast and a blog of the same name. And, you know, it's just, it's a very versatile concept because, you know, it doesn't matter what your relationship status is. It doesn't really matter what life stage you're at. You know, it's it's a universal feeling. And I think it's something that's very aspirational. In, in a society where we often speak about being alone in a negative way, I think it's really important to embrace the joy of it. I agree with you entirely. I think um, 
you and and so many of my guests and I have been connected via Twitter, via smart women on Twitter, essentially, that will uh, tweet at me with someone else tagged onto the tweet. And I'll, I'll wonder why that happened. And I'll research the person. And the second I saw what you did for a living, I was like, she has to be on the podcast. Like, there is no question. And I, I don't know if you'll have experienced this as well, but I feel like very rarely there are things created for people either single or living alone that are created in a positive way. And, and one of the things that I find to be a bit dangerous is that many of the things that are created for single people are very subtly negative. So one of the reasons this podcast exists at all is that I was really tired of only seeing content created for single women that was about dating. It was only how to date better, where to go on dates, like how to survive dating because it's a thing we have to survive or whatever. Or all I ever heard about was dating apps. Try this dating app or this dating app, or I get pitched new dating apps weekly. And when that's all you hear, when that's all the incoming, there's this subtle undertone of that that assumes you're missing something. It assumes from the very start that you don't have something that you need and we're not going to make anything else for you. And we're not going to celebrate you until you have this thing that you need. And then you can start living a real life. And that makes me very upset. So I like creating things that are positive for single women and single people. Um, whatever you, whatever gender you identify with. I, this is for single people, all of them. And um, it's positive. And it's, it's even more than positive. It's just like real life. It's real full life. And so when I saw what you did... I had to speak with you because I think it's so rare that somebody comes at time alone and singlehood and this space in our lives and time in our lives from a positive perspective. Um, and isn't just, it's not a one-off, like you're building a space around this. You're building a, a world around alonement, which I think is really beautiful. So thank you for joining me on the podcast today and chatting with this lovely single community who are going to be so excited to hear from you. I'm so thrilled. Oh gosh, well, thank you. I mean, I, I'd already been aware of single serving, of your podcast and your platform. And, you know, I, I just, I love, I love what you do. I love, as you say, the bringing positivity to something which completely stupidly is, is so often seen as a problem to solve. You know, it, it's being celebratory of the state of your life that is being single. And to me, you know, I, I've been single for a year and a half. And I can honestly say, you know, I, I've, I've had wonderful relationships, um, but, you know, I can say that the last year has been the happiest of my life. And it's, you know, it's, 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 it's better than that sort of honeymoon period of a relationship because you're getting to know you and that's really exciting as well. I think there's really something to be said for that time being single. And, you know, I, I think that I don't know what the stats are on this, but many people spend the latter half of their lives in, you know, a, a sort of longer monogamous relationship. And to, and to assume that the time that you're not Imon isn't valuable is, is really doing yourself a disservice. I think that while, while alonement has never been only around being single, I think that I can consider this time a complete petri dish for exploring alonement and exploring what I like and what I need and I think that you know if and when I am to get into a relationship then that can only be something that complements it not something that you know I think people often look at single women particularly and they and they feel very threatened they think oh you know you you only serve yourself and you're not this sort of self-sacrificing you know mother earth sort of type and I think that's so wrong I think that you can give so much more to other people and, and not just in a relationship or you know a motherhood sense but in a, in a you know to the wider world when you have explored what is what what you like and what your values are and what your unique purpose is to give back you know I, I mean with you know for instance with your platform you give so much to so many people you know, single and otherwise by showing the single experience I think you know being single I'm sure for you has been a really fruitful time to be able to do that. The last couple of years have been there was about a decade where it was horrible it was really hard and it was really relentless and really punishing and after about 10 years of it I just kind of couldn't 
I couldn't let my whole life be about that anymore. I, I, I was adamant that there was more purpose to my life than just trying to find a partner. There had to be, I had to be here for more than that. I've never thought that I was just on earth to like swipe my life away and go on like, I call them wet toast dates, just absolutely unappetizing, just so not fun. I I can't stand it. And you know what? I haven't been on one in like a year and a half because I stopped that. I got off that hamster wheel of like that constant search for another person. And life has been so much happier since. A kind of happiness, I would argue, that I didn't even experience when I have been in relationships. This is a whole new kind. And another reason I like your platform I mean, you should know there are quite a few people that listen to this podcast too that are in relationships, but I like that your platform also acknowledges that alonement is still something to enjoy when you are partnered. And some of my um, my favorite couples is a weird phrase, but like some of the couples I look up to and admire are the ones that maintain their sense of individuality and have absolutely zero sense of like uh, possessiveness or clinginess over the other. They maintain a full life of individuality and they have a life together and they don't have to choose they can have both and i like that your platform specifically speaks to that as well as like you're helping people develop this as a skill set and i think that can only help both singles and people and couples alike absolutely i mean i so believe in that and i so agree with you i inevitably I end up um, third wheeling quite a lot, which is, which, which is seen as a sort of negative term, but God, I adore it. You know, some of my best nights in the last year have been third wheeling with um, my friends and their fiancés, my friends and their partners. And I think that the couples that I really admire, they're the ones that can be at a party and, you know, they'll, you know, you'll catch them doing that sort of very romantic smiling at each other across the room, but, but they, they're able to sort of, be a part and not attached to the hip because I guess they spend most of their time together if they cohabit and um, you know that they, they, they have the confidence to start with because I do think sometimes it's confidence thing and a, and a security within the relationship to sort of you know mingle around and um yeah it's, it's, it's being able to exercise yourself as an individual and the other reason that I really love seeing that in couples um not just because it makes them really wonderful people to third wheel with because um, you, you feel very comfortable as, as a third person, but but also because I find it very aspirational. Because you know, I, I I don't think I've personally ever been able to achieve that level of independence and security in a relationship that I would be able to sort of be away from my partner for the whole of a party or something. But I think that at some point I would like to have that I would like to be able to exercise my alignment within a relationship and I look to these couples and, and I say god tell me more about how you're doing that you know tell me more you did, oh you know you, you decided to go on holiday separately for a couple of weeks that's really great you know how um you know how do you communicate that to your partner that that's um so that no one feels offended or you know how do you have those discussions how do you facilitate it because I want in Right. Exactly. I don't, there's, um, they say that like, there's a, or what am I trying to say? There's a certain level of privacy assumed within couplehood. And there's a certain, uh, question threshold that you don't cross. You let things happen privately with couples. They'll ask single people, whatever the hell they want, but there's a certain level of respect and reverence given to what goes on in a couple. But I like the idea of asking. If you see a couple that is mastering something in your mind, ask them how they did it and ask them how they sustain it and what inspired it and how did, yeah, exactly. How did that come up? How did that conversation go down? I'm going to have to do it one day because there's no way that I'm giving up solo travel. I don't care if I've been married for 30 years. I'm still going to be taking solo trips. That's just, it's part of who I am authentically. So I know that's going to have to happen. But yeah, it's like, how do you what kind of discussion is that? Like, how does that go? I'm interested. I'm very interested. I, there's so many things about being in a relationship someday that I look forward to, but I feel like I am more prepared for them and equipped for them having done this first. And I think you and I have been doing similar work for about the same length of time. And it really 
I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like I have a better foundation for future relationships of all kinds because I have established a much better practice of being alone. Yes, I think there's a lot to be said for that um, because you do bring your best self, I think. When you've ironed out a few things, you're not, you're not taking out, for instance, certain insecurities on another person or you're not, what I quite often see in couples is they use each other as a sort of scapegoat for the things they haven't achieved. And I think when you, when you take responsibility for your own life so that another person is sort of complementing what's there already, the unit of you that you've established already, um, then you, you really, you, you can just, you can build on that. You know, I, I think that otherwise you're looking for someone to fill in the gaps and you're missing sense of self. And I, you know, I'm sure there's, there's a certain amount of reshuffling. I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's, when you, when you, when you, when you establish yourself as an individual, I'm sure that there are certain things that you need to learn to compromise a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think that overall you, become stronger when you're two holes sort of working out how to facilitate one another in, in your life rather than yeah trying trying to look to someone to fulfill all your needs that you haven't been able to fulfill yourself previously absolutely and i i want to i want to get into alonement because i think it's a new concept that a lot of these listeners have not um have not thought about for themselves before so tell me um what was the biggest lesson about being alone that you had to learn in creating this the space that you are okay so I come to alignment when I so it starts off I mentioned a little bit earlier was the new year's resolution um in January 2019 and I was I knew I was an extrovert and I knew that because I'd done a personality test in high school which had told me that I was an extrovert. So I took that so literally. And I assumed that meant that I didn't need any alone time. You know, it was, it was purely functional. It was like, you know, you have to be alone when you travel from A to B, or you have to be alone when you brush your teeth. But, but genuinely, it, it didn't really hold any value to me. And I think the biggest alonement lesson I learned was that everyone needs alonement. Everyone needs some alone time in order to discover who they are really and then and, and to achieve their best state of well-being and I think you know going from a place where I thought it was something that only introverts needed and I thought oh you know it, it, it's so strange that they choose to be alone rather than you know rather than with their friends or rather than with a partner um I realized I needed it and I realized how, looking back, how much it had affected previous romantic relationships. Um, and, you know, it just affected me in terms of not doing things that I'd wanted to do. I hadn't gone to see films that I wanted to check out at the, the cinema. Or I hadn't traveled to places. Um, I wouldn't do anything really alone, out of choice. And that was hugely restricting. So that was the basic lesson for me. The first time you go to a movie alone, in my experience, is terrifying and anxiety riddled. But the third, fourth, and fifth time are really lovely. <laughs> I miss the yes. movie so much. I miss going. They're all closed. Gosh. Yeah, no, so do I. They're actually, they're opening up in a couple of weeks here. But uh, everyone's sort of dipping their toe in the water, I think. No one, no one really wants to rush straight back into normality. Um, but the going to cinema alone thing for when that is allowed again... I think it can be terrifying at the start because even though the cinema, when you think about it, it's, it's an environment designed to be alone. It's, you know, it's in the dark, there's a big sound system, you in the movie, you know, it's like watching a big TV. And it's, and yet people get very, very scared about it because they may have only ever been with friends and they see it as a social space and that's just what they're used to. Um, but I think I was speaking to a psychologist the other day, whose name is Emma Kenny. She's a UK-based psychologist. And she was saying that you don't have to necessarily enjoy the stuff you do alone the first time. And that really blew my mind because 
you know, we, we try and avoid any level of pain and embarrassment naturally as humans. And I think that the first time you go to cinema, if you go and you experience negative emotions around that, then you might be inclined to say, oh God, I'm never doing that again. But actually, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for conquering your fears because it's so liberating. And even if you don't then go every week, you kind of, the next time that you want to see a movie that's really niche and your partner or your friends don't want to go with you, then you kind of think, I can do that. And it's, it's really, really empowering. Absolutely. Absolutely. The removal of fear is always so empowering. And it's, um, in addition to conquering a fear, which I think if you're afraid of something, you're allowed to be, and you don't have to conquer all your fears, but there is an education that happens when you do something that you have previously been avoiding and you learn that it is less scary than you imagined. And to that extent, I believe in conquering fears. Like I have a terrible fear of falling. Skydiving is just simply something I'm never going to do. There is no drive to conquer that fear. I like that fear. I think that fear keeps me pretty safe. But my fear of doing things alone in public was keeping me from living a life. And that wasn't good. So now I dine alone all the time when that's allowed from a health perspective. Um, there are all kinds of things I do alone that I'm not embarrassed to do alone before. And I was always so worried that people were like looking at me or pitying me. And that wasn't it. It was all in my head. It was what I was thinking about the state of being alone. It wasn't, no one else cared. No one else in the room gave a shit that I was there by myself with a book. Sometimes I don't even have to bring a book anymore. Sometimes I'm fine with no crutch whatsoever. It's, it's such a lovely education that you give yourself when you do things that you were avoiding because you were doing them alone. Um, how do you think that establishing an alonement practice can be beneficial for single people specifically? So um, we tend to use the words single and alone. And we, we tend to use them together and that can often be a really negative thing. You know, oh, I don't wanna be, don't wanna be alone. You know, oh, you know, all by myself sort of thing. Um, that's not true. You know, we, we all know that you can be as lonely in relationships as you can be when you're alone at bad times and it can equally be the opposite but I think that we need to reclaim single and alone because we need to think okay I have all these windows of opportunity as um, a single person I never have to see my would-be mother-in-law you know that that's a wonderful wonderful window of opportunity in your life and you've got to use that time you know because you can either sit there every evening and you know when, when, you know, when you have alone time and sit there scrolling a dating app, here Hinge is very popular, I'm not, I'm not sure what it is in the US, and um, you can sit and do that and you can abuse your alone time, or you can learn to absolutely value it because, you know, as much as, as, much as you might think that, oh, you know, I've got to, I've got to rush to, to fill these, these gaps of time when I'm not with my mother-in-law or, you know, being a plus one at a wedding or all of these things actually that's really really important time for you and I think that through acknowledging that you can be a lot more empowered in your single state and do things that make you feel a lot better and a lot more fulfilled and you know not just as a single person but as a human so I think it's really important to capitalize on that time that you're given equally I wouldn't say that the single and alone thing I wouldn't say that's uh even literally true for a lot of people because I know that um, there's a sociologist uh, called Eric Heinenberg and he, he's written a wonderful book about called Going Solo about living alone and he talks about the um, he talks about how it's such a misconception that people who live alone and, and tend to be single do have you know are, are alone that much because they tend to be um, more um, committed members of their communities or they spend more time with friends or family so you might not necessarily have that much alone time as a single person and you might think okay great well you know I can be everything to everyone because I don't just have a partner so I don't just have to you know keep myself to this unit but equally I still think as a single person you need to think I deserve to carve out alone time for me um, you know and not just a free-for-all to everyone else um, this this is still important time that I need and I deserve. So yeah, I think it's, it's really just that mentality around alone time. It's, 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 
you know, it, it, it's establishing to yourself and to others that it's important, you deserve it, and you need to make the most of it. I absolutely agree. I think that's so beautifully said. There is no sense of like a consolation prize life in what you've just said. It is, it is the life. It is the, this is allowed to be a, a life on par in value and deservingness and joy and happiness with those that are in couples. We have never been fed that societally. We have been raised a completely different way. And I do acknowledge that kind of sucks that we have to do the heavy lift to like bring our own thoughts about being single and being alone to a level that is more positive than we have been uh, led to believe they are. So there is work involved in there. Sorry guys, just it's worth it is all I can say. Um, But I like the way that this is not a lesser life. It is not, it's not something that you have to settle for. I don't feel like I'm settling at any point in my singlehood or in my aloneness. I think I would be settling if I was in a relationship to stop this and just for the sake of stopping my aloneness. Um, that would be settling. And I settling is the worst word in the English language, in my opinion. I hate the idea of settling. <laughs> I think it's horrible. Let's never do it. Um, I was watching a video of yours and you mentioned a phrase that I will now use for the rest of my life. You referred to something called solitude skills and how we are raised and groomed with social skills. And those are considered to be extremely important and valuable, but nobody ever talks about solitude skills. You need to trademark that by the way. Um, And I'm wondering what are some of your own personal favorite solitude skills and how did you develop them? So, um, so solitude skills, I must admit this, uh, alonement is, is my concept and I have, I have actually trademarked that, <laughs> but um, so solitude skills, I first came across the term in the work of a amazing professor of psychology called Gina Thomas and you know, she is just fantastic, she does a lot of work on solitude and how it sort of plays into people's mental well-being in a, in a positive way um and she she talked about solitude skills and so I was also mind blown when I came across this concept because you know as a, as a child you know you're taught solitude skills um I, you know, I remember being taught um sorry you're taught social skills rather as a child I remember at school at primary school I think and it's very very young I was told off by the teacher for not looking people in the eye uh, which is of course a social skill and um, it turned out I'm, I'm incredibly short-sighted so it turned out I couldn't actually see people's eyes I was trying my best um, but it was hilarious but but it's just it's a classic example of, of how we're taught you know we're taught basic social skills when we're young and with solitude skills they're just as important it's you know it's just as important to learn to be by yourself so you can be your best self in relationships and so you can be you know at ease with your own company so that you can process your own thoughts and yes it's not all which baffles me to start with and that's you know to know that I think being spending time alone just like being single it's one of those things we sort of devalue in society but you know I think that they should be taught at primary school um but so the way that I look at them um, you know, I, I think that they're the things that make alone time joyful rather than simply something that you have to get to or indeed something horrible and lonely. And some of the solitude skills that I've developed myself, um, I think the first one is mindfulness, which sounds a little bit hippy when you start off with it. But um, I, I, take a very, I take a very broad look at being mindful to, to me um, it's being mindful of my own emotions and the way that I as a writer do that is by keeping a diary so uh, for instance uh, at the start of lockdown I, I actually had um, coronavirus <laughs> so I was, uh, I was I was quarantined for a week with that and I I even even I found it very daunting because you know I was, I was living alone I had a virus which you know for me was quite mild but it was still very strange and it was it was sort of getting used to that and I, I applied the the solitude skill of writing in my diary every day um and also so writing in my diary but also um gratitude journaling at the end of every day um so I would you know I'd write my feelings in my diary I'd sort of process how I was feeling if it was you know if it was a bad day at least I knew that 
you know, I at least I'd sort of worked out why that was and how I was feeling and how I could um, work through that. And then gratitude journaling was a really brilliant thing for helping me live for each day um, and be in the moment in that way. And so and that's how mindfulness came to play for me. Um, you know, for someone else, it might be meditation or it might be, you know, colouring in or so, you know, something that just keeps you in the moment. And I think that is a really powerful tool for learning to be okay with being alone because otherwise you're just trying to get away from yourself. You're just, you know, just looking at your phone, you're turning on a television program. You know, we do, we have so many ways to distract ourselves in modern day society. And, and that means that you're not really alone. So, so yeah, mindfulness is a really big one. Um, I think also in terms of solitude skills, I think just, being able to um, move every day and do some exercise. And that might sound like a really odd one to relate to solitude skills, but I, I'm i sure there's a few people listening to this that might relate to this, I, especially in lockdown when you're not able to physically hug anyone. That's a, you know, it's a really strange um, concept. And exercise releases oxytocin, which is exactly the same hormone, the hug hormone, as you get when you hug people um and so that for me is a, is a solitude skill I've developed uh, myself because I think it, you, you get the same sort of rush of feel-good emotion and that that's that's a way that I personally learned to deal with um you know an increased physical solitude that came with uh with lockdown um another I think very important solitude skill is planning ahead and it's funny because you know if you if you're trying to improve your relationship with your boyfriend or you haven't seen a friend in a while and you're trying to do something special for them you'll you plan a nice occasion for the two of you and you'll sort of look forward to it and you'll put plans in and that shows that you're putting value to this time and that you you know you have some control over what happens and how much you enjoy it it was a big revelation to me that I could plan time alone because I, I love planning ahead. You know, I get so excited. Same. Like, you know, I'm just, such a planner. Yeah, it's just, it was just a nice, natural psychological thing, isn't it? To to just um to, to look forward to something. You know, you it, it it's half the excitement. So the you know the fact that I could sit and plan, even if it's you know cooking um you know linguine with seafood or you know something that I love to eat by myself even you know we were discussing earlier you, you were, we were discussing what you were going to cook uh, this evening and I, I think it, it's really it's giving a, a structure and the same dignity to time spent alone as you would time with another person and I think without that structure then you know again just like if you plan to have a nice evening with or, you know, if you if you want to have a nice evening with your boyfriend but you haven't got anything planned things just you know fall, fall apart and they, they go not the way you want them to and you end up sitting on your sofa scrolling a dating app so I think that giving that same structure of planning ahead to time spent alone was a huge solitude skill for me that one is so um, good that is so so good it? I oh man I I've been trying to think of my own favorite because I knew you were going to have some real <laughs> epic winners which you have fully agree with all of them but planning ahead is my favorite I also yeah really love surprising yourself which is harder yeah. to do than it should be but at the holidays for the last couple of years I've been trying to work on this and and hopefully for like birthdays and, and all kinds of things but especially for the holidays I like sending yourself gifts when you don't know what's inside them and it's really hard to do because even with like a big beautiful beauty advent calendar like Charlotte Tilbury tells you everything that's in the advent calendar it's right there online it's like not a surprise but there are certain ways like um subscription boxes. You don't necessarily know what's going to be inside them. There is a bookstore in Los Angeles here that you can, um, you indicate your book preferences and they will send you a whole box full of like custom picked books for you and you don't know what's in it. And it's Wonderful. such a lovely treat. And that also, you have to plan ahead for something like that. Like I had to research for months to find a variety of like self-surprise gifts for, for single people to buy for themselves. But it's you're so right about that structure builds in not just like a sense of accomplishment that you've done something really nice for yourself, but you look forward to it. You know that it's set. It's like a, there's 
that scaffolding around something lovely just for you, I think is so valuable and so important. And I hadn't thought about, I had not thought about that, about putting any kind of plan ahead structure to your alone time. My alone time is so like open and free and unstructured as is my birthday. And now like while we've been talking, I'm like, no, I want some plans today. What am I going to do for (laughs) myself later? And at what time? And it's, I'm more excited about the day ahead. I'm still excited about a relaxing day with nothing, but I also, that does add an extra layer of like things to look forward to when you really put some, put some effort into it. I love that one. That is so good. Well, it's you know what, I love that you've used used the term scaffolding though as well, because that's so, you know, it is so true. And we just, because we don't, you know, that's why it's important to talk about it. You know, I I like the idea of the, um, you know, the self-surprise gift sort of thing. I, I think that once you trade ideas for, skills and developing your alignment then you know, it doesn't have to be a completely private thing that you never talk about with anyone you know you, we can we trade ways to we trade we, we trade different methods to show love to our partners and we talk about that so why don't we trade ways to show love to ourselves that's really it's an important discussion um, and I think also when you were talking about the self-gift you know I think that if you have a structure of that and you have a framework of how to show yourself love and how you feel good, then that's also quite nice when, if and when you have a romantic partner that enters your life, you can say, this is the way that I like to be showing love because otherwise you're sort of, you know, you can be demanding all sorts of things and you don't really know, you know, if you want it because you see that someone else's boyfriend did it for them or if it's just what you saw your parents do, you know, you learn, you've got this, that's the thing about self-love, you, you come to it and you, you, know, you create a foundation for how you want to be loved as well. This time is so valuable for that. There is so much trial and error and personal growth that happens during relationships because a lot of people get into them in their 20s and I'm now, so I'm 38 today. And the amount of personal development and growth from 28 to 38, I am an unrecognizable person in a good way, but like the only thing that hasn't changed is my bangs. Like that's it. <laughs> like everything else has just been a complete revolution. And I'm, I find value in being single today because I've been able to do a lot of things that are important to me in terms of growth and learning and understanding myself prior to partnership. And that makes me happy. Not to say that you can't do these things with someone. I'm just assuming it's a completely different process. And for me personally, it sounds like a harder process, um, but still one that's that's worthy of doing the work. I know plenty of couples who their relationship originated in their 20s and they're in their you know 50s and 60s now and, and happy as clams. So it's different for everybody. But you're right that learning learning what you like now, learning what's important to you now and learning how to show up and ask for what you want as well this time is so valuable for that. I don't want to waste it. I don't want anybody who is alone or single right now to, to miss the opportunity for all the joy and good and learning and just cool things that can happen to you while you're by yourself. And I think that we tend to miss them when all we're focused on is partnership and being with others or being with their person or whatever it is. If all we're doing is chasing that down, um, especially for those of us that have had a hard time finding it. Um, I think we ignore so much good and I don't want anybody to ignore what's good because there's so much of this that is just absolutely delightful. Absolutely. It's so true. I think it's so easy to think of being single as something that you need to rush through. And, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky um, in that most of my friends are in long-term relationships, but they've been very encouraging of, my lifestyle and in, you know it's not just the sort of oh so have you met anyone kind of thing but I know that I know other single women who don't have the same experience whose parents put a lot of pressure on them or I was speaking to a friend the other day who said you know I, I'm recently single and um and my friend's first response you know, they, they, they said you know it's okay you'll meet someone else and that's not it you know it's it's, it's, it's okay to be it's okay to be single it's, it's more than okay it, it's, it's wonderful to be single um, you know, I, I, I think you, if someone exits a relationship, especially if the relationship is making them sad, then, you know, the, the correct response is congratulations. Enjoy your time. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. I am of the opinion that every breakup that has ever happened needed to happen. I really believe that. If something ends, I don't necessarily see negative in that. I see opportunity in that for learning and for development and for something else good to come into your life later as well. And maybe your singleness is that thing, by the way. Maybe that is the good thing that's coming to you. Um, but I, I don't believe in, in negative stigma around a breakup. I think things ending have a very bad reputation and they don't necessarily need to. I think we can call things conclusions instead of endings more often than we do. And maybe that'll help them seem a bit more positive. Of course, I'm not, there's obviously going to be downsides to when things end, particularly in, in the case of, of families and when there's kids and things like that. It's, it's far more layered and, um, and involved than that. But um, I guess I just don't see breakups as bad. I, I really don't. No. And I think also, looking from my standpoint, quite a few of the couples in long-term relationships that I know they've all they've all broken up at some point uh when you know when you meet young as well that that can happen and I don't think any of them regret that time you know because it, it is it's it's not it doesn't have to be a conclusion sometimes it's an interval but the fact that none of them regret that time of singleness that you know does that not say something for the value of singleness oh man I would say half of the married couples I know broke up at some point and there was really? a lot of growth and and uh, sort of establishing more of themselves and what they really wanted and understanding what mattered to them. And once they had done that, they realized that this person matters quite a bit and they both started to show up more in the relationship in a way that was obviously amazing because then they you know, decided to be together forever as one does. Um, what, what are a few of your favorite things to do alone? And are you, I mean, this is speaking in terms of the before times, by the way. Um, are there things that you do alone that you never thought that you would? Um, or are there things you enjoy doing alone that are commonly thought of as like group or partner activities? Because I like expanding the um, breadth of activities for people listening to this that are, that are on their own. Okay, so um, the basic things that I really love doing alone, um, and these are quite pandemic proof at the moment, um, I love going running alone, uh, although to be fair, I was always able to do that because that always felt like a practical thing. So even though I was a bit scared of, um, scared of being alone before, I was also a bit scared of trying to keep up with um, someone who's a much better runner than me. So <laughs> that's always been a really good alone activity, um, even before I thought of the concept. Um, and that's, you know, it, it, it's mindful. It makes me feel very powerful because I was never particularly sporty. Um, I don't know in my life, so it, you know, it's a nice thing to be able to do alone. Uh, cooking, as we talked about earlier, um, is something I love doing alone. I think so. Um, a, it's really nice not having to um, think about people's very specific dietary requirements. Um, so that's always nice. <laughs> um, a, you know, I think B, I'm, I'm also I'm one of those people who like to clear up as I go along. Um, so <laughs> we have so much in common. I'm a clean cook <laughs> as well. I'm a clean cook. I'm a planner. Like love alone time i'm very glad that someone tweeted at us at the same time that was i think it was probably yeah. nicola either nicola or rose who have both been on this podcast by the way it's just i have the most lovely community of women who live in london who are single that have just connected me with more and more people it's just it brings warmth to my heart i want to come visit you all oh, at my earliest opportunity wonderful when yes the minute the minute we can that would be wonderful i'm <sighs> bit of a convention seriously there should be a single person convention or just like oh man when there's conventions for everything else why not this yeah the worst thing is though it would have to be it has to be very clearly signposted because a single person convention it would be like a single night or you know it, it would be it would inevitably turn into something that was sort of uh here's the here's the solution to your problem it would inevitably become a dating thing wasn't it not if i was in um, charge let me tell you it would be <laughs> so clearly not about finding someone or meeting someone that's another thing it's like every when you're when you're in this single state everything that you do the incoming messages or maybe the ones that you're feeding to yourself by the way are well maybe i'll meet someone maybe if i do this thing that i want to do then I'll meet someone. And you assign a secondary goal to the activity when the primary goal, the activity itself, was enough for you because you wanted to do it. And when you assign that secondary goal 
I use the analogy solo travel a lot. Like if you wanted to take a trip abroad alone and that meant a lot to you, but you also were like, and maybe I'll have a really cute, like meet on a train moment with someone as we're crossing Thailand or something like that. Um, and that's fine if you want to think that, but my fear is that if it doesn't happen, your trip will be ruined. And it wouldn't have been if you didn't assign that, maybe I'll meet someone to it. If you just lived the trip fully and didn't think of every time we leave our homes as an opportunity to meet someone, um, it's just a happier way to be, in my opinion. It's so true. It's so true. Um, it's like, you know, when, you, when you're a teenager, I was, uh, so I went to real girls school. So everything was about um, finding, finding any, any member of the opposite sex, really. Um, so, you know, we used to go out on nights out when, you know, when we were, when we were able to, uh, when we were of age or even when we were slightly not of age. And I think that, you know, every, every night out, even though it was, a, you know, now I, I kind of think, well, especially now during the pandemic, but, you know, now, now I think it's so wonderful to just go and dance with your friends at a club. Um, but, you know, back then it was, it, you know, everyone was secretly like, oh, there might be a boy there or there might be a specific boy there. And I think that it was, it was sad, you know, you look back and you think that time's wasted. Um, but I think, you know, um, c coming back to, you know, the, the strange, the weird, the weird and wonderful things I ended up doing alone, you know, I think that when you are, when you're, when you feel liberated to do things alone, you have so many adventures, you know, like, um, so I'll be, I don't know about a specific thing, but I'll do, I'll do things that people would not expect you to do alone. Like, um, the, so, uh, about a week ago, the, uh, the zoo, um, opened up here in the UK, which was a really bizarre government announcement. They said, you know, they made all sorts of important announcements and then they said, and you can go to the zoo, which, you know, um, and I think, I think most people, this is, this is the same day that they announced, um, support bubbles. So it meant that people from single person households could, uh, could you know, buddy up, which was, which was nice. But, um, but, but, but I, but I also thought the zoo, that sounds great. So um, that, that um, you know, because I'm self-employed, I can do this. On the, the following Monday, I, uh, I booked myself in the slot at Regent Park Zoo, and I went alone. And, you know, it was really funny, you know, because that was, I was, I was not going to do to meet anyone, um, funnily enough. Um, I don't think that's really where singles con congregate. But, um, you know, I, I just I thought, I haven't been to the zoo in about a decade. That would be a, that would be a fun experience. It was just like a little adventure by myself and uh, you know I was there with uh I was there with families uh there was it's a lot of, a lot of families with young kids um and also a lot of couples on first well not couples so much as would-be couples people on first dates and you know I, I thought okay isn't you know it looks lovely that the families are going on masks and your parents look a bit stressed but you know I'm sure that toddler is really enjoying seeing his first uh, giraffe um but the couples they were so they were so into one another you know the, the zoo just became a sort of backdrop to their lovely date, to their sort of, um, you know, quirky date idea. And I was just there enjoying the zebras and the giraffes. It was so <laughs> nice. <laughs> but no one tells you, you know, no one, you know, you wouldn't get like a, you know, single person discount to go to the zoo. There's no incentive or no, no one really normalizing this behavior. But it, you know, it's great. And I think the minute that you say I can do X alone, it is sort of snowballs. And you think, why not? You know, I went to see, um, one of my favorite comedians, Hannah Gadsby, I, I heard she was, um, she was in the UK. Yeah, so you were okay, you're also a fan. And, and I heard she was in the UK doing a Douglas, her latest, uh, get, her, her latest it's comedy. So and, and so, it's so brilliant. It's, it's on Netflix now, isn't it? Yes, um, we have it on Netflix. I've watched every second of it and I will link to it below oh, in the show notes. You have to watch it. She is so brilliant. Oh my God, I so love her so much. Great. And you know, at the time, um, I, I think I'd seen, um, I'd first come across uh, Nanette, which was her first, um, on on Netflix um, by myself, and I didn't know any of my friends that were into into Hannah Gadsby as a comedian. Um, clearly, clearly, most of my friends are living under a rock because she's big news. Um, but you know, I thought, okay, I could sort of launch this campaign to take someone to see a comedian they haven't heard of, or I could just book alone and then save myself a lot of time, hassle, and just go and enjoy the thing. And that was great. You know, I took myself off to, um, I think it was at South Bank Centre in London. And that was a great evening by myself. Great Sunday night, you know. Yeah, it was That's really so cool. liberating. Yeah. I've done the same thing. I went to go see Daniel Sloss by myself and I did it on Valentine's Day. It was just like that. the epicenter of like conquering alone 
anxieties are just like, let's do it. And it was so, I mean, he's obviously hysterical, but, um, and he, I also like the way that he talks about being single and time alone and how it's not this horrific thing. What's horrific is being with somebody that is not someone you should be with. That's, that's the disappointing thing. Um, so before I let you go, I love the concept of alonement and I'm fully with you, but I understand that it might be very new and perhaps uncomfortable for single people that are listening to this. What would you say to somebody who is having trouble, not just being comfortable with their time alone, but enjoying it? Like what advice would you give to somebody that is sort of new to this practice? Okay. So, um, baby steps to start with, you know, I think as a, as much as uh, I would endorse anyone who's really committed to the idea of going um, on a two-week solo travel across Japan, not that anyone can really do that right now, but you know, as much as I would sort of cheer someone on that felt confident enough to do that, you don't need to throw yourself in at the deep end. I, I started off um, just going for breakfast by myself every Saturday morning. Um, and that was that was really great because you know when I was in a relationship, I'm an early riser. My ex-boyfriend was more of a night owl, and so you know I sit there on a Saturday morning, morning itching to get out uh, and not not really being able to move a muscle because it's a fear of waking him. So I think you know being able to do that um, and do something for me that was a really great thing to do um, and not too scary um at first because you know remember I was I was the most scared of being alone even though I, I lived alone you know I'd mostly been um cohabiting with my ex-boyfriend and, and and I think that um I really needed to do very small things and even even that was daunting you know going and asking for a table for one but I think that I I did that and I um found somewhere that I felt very comfortable at where you know the um, front of house staff didn't raise an eyebrow when I asked for a, a table alone and um, I think you know I really eased myself in that way and that's actually going for breakfast at sort of 8am on a Saturday morning obviously it's taken a, a pause um, for the last few months but um, that's you know that's something I've kept up for the last year and a half and it's been really wonderful um, and I think it when you do it and you find it a bit uneasy but you can cope with it and then you do it a second time and then you can, you know, you, it seems okay, and then you keep doing it, then that really builds that muscle. Um, so I, I would really, you know, I'd really find something you love, find something, you know, specifically that you couldn't or didn't feel you were able to do when you were in a relationship if you're, if you're newly single, um, and, you know, and do it, you know, celebrate, celebrate being single that way, not by plunging yourself into something that you might easily develop a negative uh, association with. I totally agree. And I, yeah, you don't have to jump in all at once. You can, you can build up skill sets over time for anything, for this and for anything else. But yeah, it's, I mean, unless you want to, if you want to chime in with both, we go for it. But I, I, I think um, also celebrating those baby steps when you accomplish them is good. Acknowledge what you've already done and celebrate that and be proud of yourself for that, whatever the size of the celebration it is there's this wonderful woman on instagram sarah powell and she um she's married but she is um she celebrates the small stuff very well she actually teaches classes on this about self-celebration and yeah. she has this wonderful live instagram every tuesday and thursday morning it's 11 a.m in the uk where she is and it's 6 a.m for me here and i go every tuesday and thursday to 11 z's is what she calls it and it's just this celebration of small wins it started because of the pandemic because everyone was just riddled with anxiety and so scared and it was a very isolating time, regardless of whether or not you're living with people or by yourself. It's insane. And so 11Z started to celebrate those small moments of, of victory. Even if it's like, I did the dishes this morning, she will celebrate the hell out of that because she's so proud of everyone for those moments of accomplishment. It's, it's so nice. I will link to Sarah Powell as well, because I think that's a great single person resource or coupled person resource. She's delightful for everybody. Yeah. Um, what do you wish more people knew or understood about being alone? Mm. I wish people understood how much you get from it. I really do, because it's not just, you know, it's not just this little thing, that, you know, this little dare that you have with yourself. It's everything. It is 
the white space in which you work out who you are, what you like, and it it is it can sustain you in so many different ways. You know, it makes me it makes me so much calmer having time alone because it means that I've sort of you know I, I've sort of. Um, it's my birthday, so okay. everyone's been FaceTiming while we've been recording, um, of course, oh, but you. I'll call them back. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Bless. Um, so, yeah, it, just, it, you know, it, makes you, um, it makes you so much calmer being able to fill your needs in that white space that you leave for yourself. Um, and it really makes you a better person. And I think there's so much association with spending time alone and doing things for yourself and selfishness but it's not, it's actually something that will make you a better person for everyone around you. Um, and if we, all, if we all practiced a bit more alonement in our lives, we'd all be much happier, fulfilled people without really getting any harm to anyone. You heard it here first, friends. You heard it here first, or maybe you didn't. Just hear it again and again and again as many times as you need to, because I think alonement is a lovely thing. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing what you know with this audience. We all appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so great.